Welcome to the Field Talk Podcast from the Linder Farm Network. I'm your host, Dan Lemke. The Minnesota legislative session concluded just over a week ago, but the impact of decisions made by lawmakers is still being assessed. In this podcast, Minnesota Farm Bureau Federation Public Policy Specialist Caitlin Bemis joins me to analyze just how agriculture fared in St. Paul. Well, I think it was a challenging year with lawmakers, but I do feel like Farm Bureau was really a voice for farmers and ranchers on several of the issues um, surrounding vitality of agriculture and rural communities. We didn't win every battle, but our voices were heard and we were really able to take a stand on issues that our membership made a priority. The The pace of the legislative session was really fast, uh, which made it hard to dive into the language of the bills to fully grasp the issue. But overall, overall I feel like we, we made out pretty well. And what were some of the, uh, I guess, the biggest wins, if you will, for agriculture? Yeah, I think some of our biggest wins were the beginning farmer tax credit, which is basically extending um, the tax credit for the sale of agricultural land to immediate family members. Uh, That's something that Farm Bureau has been trying to get done for a while, and we were able to get that through. Another big win for us are investments in soil health. We have a soil health financial assistance program through the Department of Agriculture which basically allows farmers to apply for grants to purchase equipment and other things to implement soil health practices on their farm. And there's also some money going through the Board of Water Water and Soil Resources as well that will go to our local government units to purchase equipment so farmers can use that equipment to do just about the same thing on their operations. So we're really excited about that. I'm sure you uh, go into the the session with some priorities, some things that you were pushing. What are some of the main things that you were focused on in uh, in this past session? I think our biggest focus was beginning and emerging farmers, um, as well as clean energy and sustainability. Sustainability is a huge topic at the Capitol, and we know our farmers are doing a lot. So it's just relaying to the legislators that that farmers are on top of this issue um, and whatever we can do to keep these practices voluntary is really going to benefit our members in the long run. What are some of the things perhaps that are a little problematic that uh, that either happened or maybe some of the wheels started turning that uh, will be um, issues that you'll be paying attention to? Definitely. So one of those issues is uh, regarding pesticide treated seed and the environment bill passed supervision that would allow rulemaking between the Department of Agriculture, the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency, and the U of M that would allow them to provide rulemaking on the usage and disposal of treated seed, probably looking more towards the disposal. Um, This is something that we fought against, but it did end up getting through. And uh, so we'll see what the agencies come up with when it comes to that rulemaking. And this year, the state went in uh, to uh, the session with a, a large budget surplus and, and uh, ended up making some substantial investments in some areas, including the Department of Agriculture. I guess, what are your thoughts on some of the things that, that happened in that regard? We were hopeful that we were going to get a lot more funding, but unfortunately, our budget target was a little low. It was only $48 million above base. Um, but we do feel that the funding that they did give to us was a good compromise among uh, all walks of agriculture and we are happy to see the continued funding of AGRI at the department, among other many other great programs that the, the department does um, help develop. Now, as a grassroots organization, how do you come up with the uh, priorities uh, for the organization? What's the process for uh, kind of setting those marching orders, if you will? 
Absolutely. So that starts at our county level. So each county across the state comes up with issues that they really want to see done at the legislature. And our county boards vote on those individually. And then they come together at our annual meeting in November and they get together and put all the resolutions before the body and they vote on those. And that will go in our policy book. And so when it comes to issues that come up at the legislature, I really have to go back to our policy book and everything that I fight for comes directly from our members. And I'm guessing that uh, even though the session is now in the rearview mirror, that uh, the work is is ongoing and it probably really never ends for you in this regard. That's correct. We're always trying to engage legislators as much as we can. We're hoping to get some farm tours done this summer um, and just really keep expanding the knowledge about agriculture and what agriculture really is among consumers. And how important is it to do that as well with uh, with legislators? And I was at the uh, your rally for Ag Day and, and having legislators there. Obviously, Minnesota is a huge agriculture state, but yet the folks that are directly involved with agriculture at the legislature uh, continues to be what seems to be a smaller and smaller number. How important is that relationship building, development, and, and maintenance? Yeah, I think it's absolutely crucial. You know, there are a lot of folks in the legislature that haven't been out to farms. So it's really just making those connections, possibly getting them learning opportunities where they can see what a farm is and what happens on the farm. And then just keep developing those relationships. And if they have any questions, you know, being a sturdy person that they can come to for advice or for information. Yeah, I think I just want to um, say that we're really happy with a $100 million investment in the broadband funding. I know that the, the amount of unserved and underserved areas in rural Minnesota continues to be a huge issue, especially when it comes to technology and agriculture. So we're really excited to see that money get out and hopefully we can mitigate some of those issues. Um, and overall, we're pretty happy with how the legislature turned out when it comes to rural vitality. You know, they weren't able to get some money for housing infrastructure for rural Minnesota, some stuff for child care, and um, some workforce development grants for our Minnesota State Universities and Colleges that can help attract students to our agriculture uh, divisions at those schools. So we're really excited to hopefully be able to implement some of these things to, to really strengthen rural Minnesota overall. And that also goes to show, I mean, there's many, whether it's the tax bill or, or various bills impact agriculture, it's more than just what occurs in the ag omnibus bill that uh, has effect on rural Minnesota and, and, uh, and farmers. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Find other podcasts at linderfarmnetwork.com and be sure to get the latest in farm news and market information from your local LFN affiliate.